20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. You heard the man. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. I am your host, Matt, but you can call me Matub, and this is episode 487. Sadly, today, I do not have Zach Jacobson as my co-host, as he was busy. You might think that because he's been banned from Twitter twice, he... Wow, try saying that five times. Banned from Twitter twice. Because Zach Jacobson has been banned from Twitter twice, you may think that he is banned from the Pack-A-Day podcast. That is not true. Do not spread that rumor. Do not add him asking why Matt kicked him off the show. <laughs> Make sure you do not do that. I'm actually... Actually, I want you to do that because it would be really funny. Today, the Green Bay Packers will be taking on the San Francisco 49ers in Levi Stadium, the house the Jeans built. I don't think that anyone actually calls it that, but here we are. The Packers are 8-2. and two. The Niners are 9-1. and one. <laughs> nine, The 9-1 nine and one Niners. Uh, well, you might say that the Niners are have the best record in the NFC, but you might also say that they've done nothing but play cupcakes. That's kind of the way it goes uh, this year in the league. There's, there's a lot of teams at the top and a lot of teams at the bottom and not a whole lot going on in the middle. Excuse me while I take a drink. <sighs> Today's adult pop. Adult pop. <laughs> Today's adult pop is a uh, nitro Irish stout from Breckenridge Brewing. Currently enjoying it out of my Town brewing glass. So I'm here to give you your game preview for the game that is tonight, which was flex to prime time. It would seem that both teams are doing better than originally expected and have earned the primetime spot. <sighs> I'm, I wish I could say I wasn't nervous about this game because, as I said before, the 49ers have uh, not exactly done anything of note against teams that are good. We saw a game against Seattle in which the 49ers ran into a good team and both teams just played horribly. In fact, uh, if there was such a thing as a definition of falling butt first into a victory, that's exactly what Seattle did. It was awful. Vegas thinks that the Niners aren't as good as they possibly could be. Uh, the line is currently minus three, which means that San Francisco is favored by three points. However, home field advantage tends to be three points. So that would mean that on the average neutral field, this is a pick em. The over-under is also 48 that means that the combined score of the two teams is expected to be less than 48 points. The uh, consensus bet is actually 60% of the money is going towards Green Bay to cover. So that means that 60% of people that are putting money on the game expect that the Packers will lose by fewer than three points or potentially win. I got to say, I like that. Anytime, anytime that a, a game is this close and it likes to be a pick em, it's, it's fun to go with your gut, and my gut is telling me Green Bay. The over-under being 48, that would mean that if the team's tied at 24-24, that would be the over-under. Um, I think if, if Green Bay can come out and, and say hold the 49ers to 20 points and then score, let's say, 27 themselves, that would still be the under, which I kind of like that score. I like I like the idea of, of the Packers scoring them on... Uh, five possessions with with three touchdowns. I, I think that that's a good number. Something that's interesting, I talk a lot about uh, advanced statistics, and uh, I use the term regression to the mean 
a lot. Well, uh, the Green Bay Packers are 7-3 and three against the spread. That means that they cover the spread seven times, and they have not three. At 8-2, and two, that is very, very good. That means that they have consistently been outperforming where Vegas thinks that they would be. The 49ers, on the other hand, at 9-1, and one, are 5-4-1 and one against the spread. That means that they have beat the spread five times, and they lost four, and they had a push where they, they exactly met their spread once. And what that would be is if, if the 49ers win by three tonight, that's that would be a push against the spread. So regression to the mean is the thing that says the Packers should be closer to 500 against the spread because that's where most teams end up. And that's exactly where the 49ers are. They are they're only half a game behind or half a game up on being 500 against the spread. Regression of the mean is is something that you can usually expect over the course of a season, but I, I've, I'm going with the any given Sunday thing. I, I really I really like the Packers here. It's a it's a very good game for them, and I think when we we've already talked about the injury report here on Pack a Day, but I'm I'm going to bring it up again because it's it's really I think this is where the Packers are going to make their money. Defensive end D Ford. And left tackle Joe Staley are both out for the 49ers. That means that, well, uh, the currently injured, regardless of if he shows up on the report or not, I, Bakhtiari's injured. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. The currently injured David Bakhtiari does not have to face D Ford or Brian Balaga for that matter. Balaga's having a great season though, so I don't think it would be too much of a problem. Joe Staley being out means that the Super Smith brothers are going to be able to wreak some havoc because there's going to be a backup in there. Doubtful, uh, Matt Breda, Breda has an ankle, and kicker Robbie Gould has a quad. Man, I couldn't imagine going into a game without your starting kicker. That would just be awful. <laughs> well, you know what? Unless, uh, I guess unless you're a Bears or a Vikings fan, going in with your starting kicker is just as bad. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But the important things here, down at the, the questionable, George Kittle, arguably the best tight end in the league right now, the star uh, another phrase i say all the time the straw that stirs the drink of the 49ers offense george kittle is questionable if he goes i think that it tips the scales and this game looks very different traditionally the packers have had trouble taking on really good tight ends um i mean they've had trouble taking on even decent tight ends look at the raiders game but when going against someone like george kittle who is legitimately top like like at worst top five in his position he would be a game wrecker when you look at advanced statistics such as targeted passer rating Blake Martinez is currently giving up a 102 passer rating when targeted and George Kittle going Kittle over the middle as Shanahan loves to do would exactly be the kind of matchup that they would use the Raiders did it and and the Raiders tight end absolutely ate the Packers lunch Another questionable person is Debo Samuel, the wide receiver. He has a shoulder as well as Emmanuel Sanders with his ribs. Emmanuel Sanders is a very good route runner who is aging. He may or may not have lost a step. And I think that as a number two receiver, uh, Kevin King could roll with him step for step. Debo Samuel, is he's a bully. He's a, he's a very good wide receiver. Who is, he's just young. Um, I think that without Emmanuel Sanders, without Debo, and oh God, especially without George Kittle, the Packers secondary is going to, I'm not going to necessarily get a break, but they have a much easier day than they would otherwise. In fact, uh, 
Um, currently, the Packers DVOA, that's uh, <laughs> defense-adjusted value over average. Basically, higher the rank at certain things, the better you are above average. The currently number one ranked team in total DVOA is New England. They are 12th in offensive rank and number one in defensive rank. Uh, very similarly uh, built team, according to DVOA, San Francisco. They are ranked number five in total DVOA. They're 16 in offense and two in defense. So basically think of it like the Patriots, but slightly worse, according to DVOA. The Packers, on the other hand, this is very reminiscent of 2011. They are fifth in offense and 18 in defense, making them ninth overall in DVOA. So if the Packers offense shows up and the defense puts on a half-decent performance, it's something that the Packers can run away with. The San Francisco 49ers have, let's just say, according to DVOA, their offense is only slightly, slightly better than the Packers' defense. But something that you can always count on is Jimmy Garoppolo is always going to make one or two just stupid mis- mistakes. Just I uh, On Twitter, I came up with the term Garoppolo because it's just you get an otherwise brilliant game, and then the guy just, it's like he has a brain fart and throws a terrible pass. You know, sort of like uh, Packers fans got used to seeing with Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to say that that I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a first ballot Hall of Famer and yada yada. But I'm I'm trying to give you a frame of reference here. Excuse me while I have another sip of my adult pop. So, okay, so we went over the injury report. We talked about Vegas. Um, <laughs> so I, I get all of my all of my uh, spread numbers from Odd Shark. It's a source that I've used for a very long time, and uh, Odd Shark has a score prediction. And I think this is kind of funny. The The predicted score is 31-13 San Francisco. So that not, that means that, that Odd Shark's predictive algorithm thinks that San Francisco will win. It'll They'll absolutely cover the spread and that the total will go under. So they think that San Francisco's offense is going to run away with it and the Packers' offense is going to sputter and die, only scoring on three possessions. That's, I think... I think that's very far off. I I see the 49ers have a scary, scary pass rush, but the Packers have a very good set of bookends. The Packers have a pretty good pass rush. 49ers don't necessarily have the offensive line to handle it. <sighs> but with that said, we have seen the Packers sputter when they have to face a good pass rush in the Chargers. Chargers have a phenomenal tandem do I think that the younger Bosa brother will be as effective as his older brother? Maybe. Maybe he will. He's, I mean, he's run away the the number one candidate for defensive rookie of the year. I don't think it, at this point it's even a discussion. But if he's going to be going up against Brian Balaga, who is currently healthy and playing some of his best football, maybe he holds him in check. We, we saw in uh, 2016... Brian Balaga went up against uh, Demarcus Lawrence in uh, Dallas, who was having what seemed to be an unstoppable season, and then was completely blanked on the score sheet. So we really, I guess the the wild card there is going to be health. That's I guess that's always a wild card in football, isn't? It? So the the Packers injury report uh, currently out is Cole Madison, just a, a sad, sad uh, happenstance with him tearing his ACL in practice. 
that poor kid is is going to be going on IR. And uh, rumor has it that the Packers will likely be bringing back Lane Taylor in his place. I, I like that move. I, I don't like the move in that in that Cole has to go down, but I, I do like having someone with experience coming back as a, as a potential replacement. Listed as questionable is uh, Big Bob Tunyon, Robert Tunyon with his hip, and Danny Vitale with a knee. Danny has been pretty active on social media the last few days, and in fact, uh, recently tweeted out a story comparing him and Kyle Juszczyk, and I believe they called it the fullback bowl, and how both of those guys and the Shanahan scheme are revitalizing the fullback position. I don't feel like Danny would be as open and brash with his I'm making fullbacks great again narrative uh, if he wasn't going to play. I think that you can't build up that I mean, battle of the fullbacks. You can't build up the hype between two fullbacks if one of them's not going to play. If if it's possible to build up hype between two fullbacks. Sorry, uh, Danny Vitale is not your traditional fullback. He, uh, when he was at Northwestern, was called the superback. In fact, he has pretty non-existent rushing numbers and was treated more like a receiver. Think of him as a short H-back. He's uh, basically a tight end in the backfield who does not have a traditional tight end build. I think that we're going to see a lot out of Danny Vitale today. Or, I, I should say, I think he's going to be used a lot. We might not, he might not necessarily have like a 100-yard receiving game or something like that, but I think that you're going to see some leaking into the flat. Some uh, There might be a fullback screen or a fullback wheel route like we saw during the throwback game. Um, I, I'm not going to say that, that Danny is the X factor here, but I really like Matt LaFleur's usage. And I think against a team like the 49ers who have a very good pass rush, they're going to be looking for alternative targets who they might be able to get into space or, or leak out away from uh, the secondary. Of course, the 49ers have the much heralded Richard Sherman who's going to likely be lining up against Devontae Adams. And MVS is, I once again, I don't care who shows up on the injury report and who doesn't. I have eyes. MVS is hurt. He's playing hurt, and his biggest advantage is his speed. And after that, that really bad tumble that he took, I don't think he has fully come back from it. So maybe coming out of the bye, we will see a resurgence, and we'll, we'll also see Devontae maybe playing at 100%. I think that he's also been playing somewhere around 90% because of his turf toe. And also with that said, uh, a friend of mine, a uh, fellow Acme Packing Company writer, Badger Noonan, says that he has trouble picking against the smart coach. I, I like that idea. Um, for example, he, he picked the Eagles to win against the Packers specifically because we hadn't seen enough out of Matt LaFleur yet, and he thought that Peterson was the smarter coach. Matt LaFleur is a descendant of Kyle Shanahan. This is uh, a perfect example of the student going against the master. We have yet to see how Matt LaFleur can handle a game plan when he has an extra week of preparation. Whether he can knock it out of the park and he knows everything that Kyle can throw at him because they both basically run the same thing, or maybe he completely drops the ball and comes out of here doing something that's very predictable and Kyle eats his lunch. This could go really anyway. That's the problem with a rookie head coach is it's so hard to predict how they're going to be. 
It's not like Mike McCarthy, who we have a decade of, okay, it's third and one. We're going to see a slant flat here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really up in the air. Um, if, so there's, so here's, here's a, a tale of two games. If Matt LaFleur is the smart coach that he seems to be, if George Kittle does not play, if the Packers come out healthy, and if the game plan works, if the script that Matt LaFleur comes up with helps enough in the beginning that the Packers don't have to completely abandon their completely abandon their game plan, the Packers run away with this game. But that's a lot of ifs. Every single one of those ifs could go the other way, and the game could go the other way. If Matt LaFleur does not look like the wunderkind that he is, if George Kittle plays, if Debo Samuel plays, and if Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan, it's it could absolutely go the other way. But my gut says that faith in Matt LaFleur is what I should have. I think that LaFleur has shown himself to be a smart enough coach. We saw after the Chargers game, he straight up said, look, I abandoned my game plan. I got, out of, I got away from what, what I thought would work to what I thought would work in response. So I think that LaFleur took his licks, and I, I think that he's going to trust his game plan. He's going to stick to what has worked in the past. We're going to see interesting things like pony personnel where, where both running backs are on the field at the same time. However, uh, one thing that is of note, San Francisco is very, very good at covering running backs out of the backfield and tight ends. Tight end is not necessarily a position of uh, great how can I? <laughs> Jimmy Graham is old, and he's only good sometimes. So, the 49ers being very good against tight ends might not necessarily be the big X factor there. Them being good against running backs out of the backfield could be an X factor. However, their number one corner against number one wide receivers, according to DVOA, is not nearly as good as the Packers' number one corner against number one wide receivers. The Packers' number two corner, Kevin King, according to DVOA, is significantly better than the San Francisco 49ers covering number two wide receivers. So whoever is the number two wide receiver in this game, uh, whether it's Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, expect good things out of them because they are likely going to be torching someone for most of the day. <sighs> I, think, I think I covered everything. Well, guys, that'll do it for me. My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, and this is the Packaday Podcast. Be sure to follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that you get your Packers podcasts. Be sure to rate us. It really helps the show out. Follow me on Twitter. I am at CallMeMatub. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me. I write for Acme Packing Company. Just just Google me. Google me. You'll find stuff. And hey, tell you what, if, if you want to see me do some weak stuff in my garage, follow me at MatubLifts on Instagram. All right, guys. Have a great day. Go Pack. Thank you.